Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA as well as the editor-in-chief of drbycuspid.com. So whether you found us through Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or drbycuspid.com, thanks so much for listening. You know, this has been such a hot topic lately and we had some big news blow up right at the end of last week uh, that is very important and that's why we brought back on a dear friend, a... uh, a champion for dental assistants, dental team members, as well as one of the leading infection control gurus out there. And that's our dear friend, Mary Gavoni. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Good morning, Kevin. I am good. And you're right. It, it got dropped on us on Friday, sort of unexpectedly from OSHA. Um, and we've been waiting for some additional guidance from OSHA, just as we've been waiting for some additional guidance from the CDC. Um, The interesting thing is that both the OSHA guidance document that came out Friday and the CDC document that was last updated on April 27th, so about a week ago, um, are still saying that we should only be treating emergency patients during this pandemic. And so that's that is the the confusion I think for folks out there because many state governments are saying that businesses, including dental practices, can open up again. But the concern that I have is risk management because if heaven forbid something happened and a team member or a patient or or the doctor got COVID because of their involvement or or their presence in a dental practice, then if there were any lawsuits or, you know, any kind of legal action against the practice, the first thing that would be looked at is what is the prevailing safety standard? What's the prevailing standard of care? And until OSHA says different, until CDC says different, it is treating emergency patients only. So I I totally understand the concern of practices that patients want treatment. They need to open back up for the health of the practice financially, but they're assuming a fair amount of risk because every expert advisor, meaning OSHA and CDC, is saying, ooh, still emergency patients. And that's that's obviously not what a lot of dentists and team members want to hear, you know, and and, and I ask you this before we went on the air and I want to make sure that everybody understands what dropped on Friday from OSHA CDC was, is it guidelines, regulations? What, what is it exactly? Good point. It's called guidance. And so this guidance falls under the umbrella of OSHA's general workplace safety standard. And that is sort of the, the mother of all the, the OSHA standards that says employers are required to provide a workplace safe from known hazards. And COVID, of course, is a known hazard. And so many people remember that there was information out from um, OSHA earlier saying that dentistry is a very high risk um, setting in face of COVID. And so they, they in the latest OSHA guidance document, they classify the risk of treating patients. And very high risk is performing aerosol generating procedures on known or suspected COVID patients. 
then high risk procedures would be providing emergency dental care, not involving aerosol generating procedures or performing aerosol generating procedures on well patients. So that leaves us in a, you know, a situation where if we're in a high risk setting, even if the patient doesn't have COVID, we're, or that we know doesn't have COVID, we, we need to be wearing the appropriate personal protective equipment. And what OSHA is saying now for well patients is gloves, gown, eye protection, whether it's goggles or face shield, and a NIOSH certified disposable N95 filtering face piece respirator or better. So that N95 is minimum protection for well patients under this guidance. And again, let's 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 um, you know emphasize this because the aerosols have been such a talking point ever since we started thinking about practices opening back up and everything else. And and obviously, like you just said, aerosols patient who is not exhibiting any signs is still high risk. What yes. does, what does that do for a dentist assistant hygienist who's who's going back to practice? I mean, is yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> well, it, again, I think it puts them in a rather precarious position um, because we they may not have any control over their HVAC system where the air exchange rate could help clear out some of the aerosol. Um, if they don't have N95s yet, OSHA and the CDC and the FDA have made exceptions for us under this emergency use authorization to wear KN95 masks, um, equivalents um, in terms of filtration, or they've even said, if you can't get those, you could wear a level three surgical mask with a face shield, but that is very risky, especially for a hygienist performing ultrasonic scaling procedures. I think that's just not a good idea. Um, in fact, the CDC interim guidance says that ultrasonic scaling shouldn't be performed right now while we're still in the epidemic or pandemic. We're, this may not be forever, but right now CDC and OSHA both say N95 are better for even well patients. It's, it's a, it's a great point you just brought up. It's while we're in the pandemic. And of course, right. we don't know when a vaccine, we don't know anything else. But this is really a time, I guess, when hand scaling is going to be the, the obvious preferred way to keep those aerosols down and to make sure that hygiene patients can still be seen under these, these uh, recommendations and guidelines, right? Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that could help um, if... N95 masks are available, and maybe if the practice isn't as busy, perhaps one of the dental assistants could help evacuate with the HVE, could suction for the hygienist, or there are devices available that don't require someone to hold them. Um, the Zerk Mr. Thirsty device, because it goes into the HVAC and the high volume suction, um, and Zyrus's um, ISOVAC could work, um, but it's got to be something that goes into high volume suction, not into the saliva ejector low volume suction. So I think just, just because 
your state government says that you can go back to work doesn't necessarily mean you should. Right. That's the big message here. And it's a it's a great point because I know so many dentists you and I have both talked to have been like, I've got to open my business back up. I mean, we are at that point, and yet we know that we're hearing about risks, we're hearing about what ifs, we're hearing about a lot of things. And if proper precautions aren't being taken, then you are putting yourself in a great amount of risk. Absolutely. And and we certainly don't want to see any of our team members getting um, sick or we don't absolutely don't want a patient contracting COVID that might be traced back to a practice because that would be catastrophic. That would, I think, be more catastrophic than staying closed for maybe a couple of more weeks until the N95s are more available and we really understand a little bit more about protecting ourselves, getting some kind of mitigation systems in, in place. You know, here in Colorado, where I live, praxis have opened back up. I know that. Mary, are you are you thinking that we're going to be seeing a lot of lessons learned from these practices that are opening up early? And not that they're doing anything wrong, but they're opening up early that then are going to be used in other parts of the country down the road that, that haven't opened yet. I think that's very possible. I think it's going to be um, interesting. Uh, there is a perception that, again, life is just going to go back to completely normal um, I think many practices assume that they're just going to have a full schedule of patients or they should have a full schedule of patients. So I think the lesson we're going to learn that will be the most helpful is what do we do about scheduling and what will be the trend of patients wanting to come back or not wanting to come back right away? Um, will they be compliant with um, questionnaires before they come in screening for symptoms? How are they gonna feel about us asking those patients to wash their hands or sanitize their hands as soon as they come in? And if practices are asking patients to stay in their car or their vehicle and wait until it's time for their appointment and not spend time in the reception room, how are they gonna feel about that? Um, we don't know yet. There, there's so many unknowns here and I, I feel so badly for Doctors who who need to open, want to open, but are, are struggling with how do we control whatever is going on around us it, it, because there is no real template for it. We This is completely uncharted territory for us. You know, we, you and I talked a, a lot last week about when these were going to be coming down from OSHA. Do you see these as kind of being the and, and dare I say, Bible moving forward for at least a, a short period of time, or do you see more revisions coming? What's your Nostradamus guess here? Well, my guess is that because OSHA has made this statement about aerosol producing procedures on well patients being high risk, that they are more than likely to require N95 masks to be worn going forward. And that, of course, involves fit testing and um, both initially and on an annual basis. And that requires, in some cases, medical exams um, to evaluate whether a doctor or a team member is healthy enough to be able to wear an N95 mask. And I've seen in some of the, the um, compliance documentation 
that OSHA is suggesting that we keep that N95 mask on all the time, that we don't take it off after every patient necessarily in the pandemic. And because we're short of, of masks right now, but yeah, I think, I think it's N95 going forward, which is sort of what OSHA has been implying all along. They've been teasing us with it. And, and I know you and I talked on our last podcast, which I want to encourage everybody to listen because there's some great information in that. But you and I talked about the fit test and that there's some issues right now regarding that and making sure that those are available as well. Absolutely. And, you know, someone in a dental practice could complete a training program. There's lots of online training programs to learn how to to administer the fit tests and do them for the team. They need to be done initially to make sure you have the right size to begin with. And then on an annual basis and, and OSHA's dispensed with the annual requirement right now because of all the, the um, issues surrounding the pandemic, but there should be at least initial fit testing of these practices. And if you can't get a fit test kit if you can't find an occupational health center around you to do a fit test then you can at least do um, a seal check where you put the mask on and you make sure it's as tight as it can be around your face and then you put your hands over your face and exhale and if you feel some leakage around the mask then it's probably not the right size. But that is actually something that should be done every time you put on an N95 mask is do a seal check. So what OSHA has said is that they are taking uh, uh, the, into consideration things like we may not have access to fit testing, we may not have access to N95s yet. And so they're allowing other masks to be worn. They're allowing, um, a, again, a dispensation from the annual fit test requirement. If the best you can do with an N95, if you have one, is a seal check and you document that this is what we had, this is what we had available, we tried to do the very best, they're going to understand that for a period of time while we're in this pandemic. But going forward, after the pandemic has sort of died down, then there's going to have to be um, written respiratory program for the practice, um, documentation of initial and, and annual fit testing. And so they're going to, they're going to be lenient for a while, but then they won't be. Well, and you know, I know a lot of people hate the term new normal, but this is, this is what we've entered whenever it comes to dentistry. Yes, and, we have. Yeah. And, and, and Mary has compiled a lot of great resources, and I'm going to let her talk about that in just a moment. But I want to throw one final question at you. You know, we've talked a lot about the aerosols and the N95s. Is there anything else in that OSHA that kind of jumped out at you or, or that you think really people, whenever they read it, should pay close attention to? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered it. They they do talk about um, their similarities and uh, very slight differences between the CDC guidelines. But I think this is a really interesting thing for um, everybody to understand is that in the past, there's been a view of CDC guidelines as sort of voluntary because they're guidelines and OSHA rules as mandatory. But OSHA and CDC, especially now, are working hand in hand and they use CDC guidance documents or guidelines as enforcement documents. So they expect you to be following CDC guidance. 
And again, many state dental boards say right in the dental rules that doctors, assistants, hygienists must be following current CDC guidelines. So that's probably the biggest message from this. Okay, good to know. And, we're yeah. gonna, and, and I'll make sure to put a link here so that you all can read these for yourselves so that you all can see them. But uh, like I teased a minute ago, I know Mary, you know, again, one of the biggest uh, well-known infection control experts out there. You've done a lot of homework uh, behind the scenes to, to help dental practices. And I want to make sure that they understand uh, something that you're offering that can, can hopefully help them as well a lot right now. Sure. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I have compiled a COVID-19 resource manual and it's got copies of everything that I've been able to find in terms of research articles, the, the guidance documents from the American Dental Association, everything from CDC, OSHA, FDA, EPA, all the alphabet soup of, of regulators and, and other resources that I put together in one place that saves people, I think, from having to go and search out. So I've made it available on my website, Mary Gavoni, G-O-V-O-N-I.com. And if you click on the website or go to the store, you'll see the COVID resource manual. And if you use the code IGNITEDA, it is available to you for $10. So I don't know about you, but my time I think is, is <laughs> worth more than that going and doing all the research. So I've tried to make it available for, for people to have it at their fingertips, no. and, all the resources. And that's great. I, I think everybody needs help right now. And, and more than anything, you need help from experts. And, and that's one of the reasons why we love to have Mary as a part of this program and you know, have, have for quite some time. So marygavoni.com, be sure to check that out. And Mary, I know the thing go on their website. If they've got any questions, there's a contact button on there as well. They can get a hold of you too. Absolutely. Happy to answer questions at any time. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I, I, I look forward to the day whenever we can, uh, you know, talk about, uh, you know, other things besides. <laughs> Something other than infection control. Wouldn't that be no, lovely? I mean, no, no offense, but uh, it'll, it'll be fun, yeah. hopefully uh, one of these days. So, but Mary, I get it. thanks for being that lighthouse out there because I think a lot of people are, are depending on your uh, guidance and, and uh, uh, knowledge. So thank you. Well, and thank you, Kevin, because you've been a terrific leader in this in this movement as well. And you provide amazing support for dental assistants and it's much needed out there. So thank you for thanks for being you, Kevin. Well, that's I'm going to Steve Martin once said, I'm going to try to be the best darn me that I can. So there you, there go. you go. Um, but uh, dental assistants, uh, dental team members, we we know that this is this is a challenging time. We know a lot of you have questions. We know a lot of you were thinking about what comes next. A lot of you are thinking about your safety in the practice, the safety of your patients, uh, the safety of your friends, and you know what maybe you have said or family that work with you as well. So that's why we try to bring in experts like Mary to, to help answer your questions, to help uh, ease some of those fears, and also give you the right information, not just uh, information, but it's got to be right and it's got to be accurate, especially now more than ever. So uh, please check out marygavoni.com. Please uh, subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't already, we uh, will you know, keep putting out information as best we can. And please, above everything else, we encourage you during this time to stay safe, stay healthy, and stay educated. Together, we rise.